rebellion in the mighty name of Jesus. For rebellion against you, oh God. And I ask that you will cover and protect us with the blood of Jesus. Open up the floodgates of heaven. Release now in the name of Jesus the prayers that we have already prayed. Right now in the name of Jesus, answer us suddenly, oh God. Immediately, absolutely. The weapons of our warfare are not quiet. But through our mighty God, to the holy God, the strongholds. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I put down every stronghold that is delayed and hindered the promise of God in my life. Father, we declare that freedom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, cover our mind and thoughts with the blood of Jesus. I receive healing with help through the blood. I rebuke and cast out all sin of guilt, shame, and condemnation. I remove false burdens. I break and release from curses. I command every demon hiding and operating behind a curse to come out now in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me. I send confusion against every satanic attack coming against me. I quench every fire of wickedness now in the name of Jesus. I am redeemed. I choose life. I rebuke the winds and storms of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. And every strategy of hell is exposed. I am a king and a son of God. I break down the high places right now in the name of Jesus by the Spirit of God. I decree and declare that the spirit of intercession is being birthed in me and you right now. I pour down every religious spirit, every traditional spirit. I call forth the wind of God to blow upon these of Jesus, protecting under the ways of the Almighty God. As we do together, we come part of this easy time, army, marching in victories on our knees, rising up in the supernatural authority to destroy the works of the enemy. We overthrow and remove the plans of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. We snatch the souls of men and women and boys and girls from his foot, from his hand. Through the conquering and shed blood of the Lamb and the authority of the Word, in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, our Heavenly Father, and power the Holy Spirit. It is so, and so it is. The whole man shall be a desolation, yet I will not cause total destruction. For this reason, the earth shall mourn and the heavens above shall become dark, because I have spoken. I have decided I will not change my mind, nor Will I turn back from it? Every city worn away at the sound of horsemen and, and, and marchers. They go into the thickets and climb among the rocks. Every city is deserted and no man lives in them. And you, O oh desolate one, what will you do? Though you clothe yourself in scarlet, though you adorn yourself with ornament of gold, though you anoint your eyes with paint. Hallelujah. You make yourself beautiful in vain. Your lovers alleys to despise you. They seek your life. For I heard a cry like a woman in vain. The anguish of one giving birth to her child. The cry of the daughter of Zion. Who gasped for air. Who slept out of hand saying, Whoa, it's me. Meaning, my judgment comes. Lord, I believe. That all things are possible with me. Your word tells me that there is nothing too hard for you. That what is impossible with man is possible with God. I put my faith in you. And you alone, O God, your teachers shall teach me. 
that I can pray for anything. And if I believe it, I can have it, Lord. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you, I trust you with every fiber in myself. I seek your will that covers in my life. Now direct my path, O oh Lord. You already know my needs. Help me not to worry. Keep me focused on you, El Shaddai. My all-sufficient, everlasting source. Lord, you said to you said you said that if I keep knocking at the door, hallelujah. And you told me that if I keep asking, it shall be given. If I keep looking, I shall find it. You told me that if I keep knocking at the door, it will be open. So Lord, I have been knocking and looking and asking for your wisdom, God, to understand to get through these obstacles before me. To bring me to my place of destiny in you. I am your child, Lord. Open this door. Let me pass with blessings and favor from your mighty hand, straight from heaven above. Father, rain down your favor on me. Let it be such a downpour that I cannot contain it all. Let it spill over to my children around me. I decree and declare your word in Matthew 7 and 7 and 11. Lord, give me the faith of the Roman soldier who asked you to heal, Father. Do not look away from me and cast me into darkness. Instead, show your favor strong in me, as only my Lord and Savior can, in the name of Jesus, my God, my God, Hasha Kabata. Oh Lord, I cry out to you to answer my prayers quickly, answer me, oh Lord, I'm desperate for you, and you alone, please do not turn from me, show your order my steps, oh show me, oh God, order my steps and which the way you want me to go, then the next and the next and the next, never stop lighting and directing my path of life. Enlighten my eyes to see 4040, divinely. Feet as high as feet to step forward. Illuminate my mind to obey, listen and hear your voice. Hands to war by speaking in the Holy Spirit at all times and agape heart to submit and love. In the name of Jesus, continually show me your favor, your glory. Keep your hands in me, enlarge and increase my coast and territory, O oh Lord. I welcome the Holy Spirit to help me in the mighty name of Jesus in all of my ways, in my affairs, in my family, in my ministry, in my business, in my divine kingdom assignment. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I come in the name of the resurrected Jesus Christ, who, whose we are and whom we serve, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and everything in heaven and in earth shall under the earth, that every tongue shall confess that Lord Jesus Christ is Lord. In the name of Jesus, I stand on this dispensation of words according to Ephesians 1.13 of the grace of God which is given to me of the revelation of Jesus who made known unto me the mysteries of which I have understood his divine knowledge and the mysteries of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealing unto his holy apostles prophets by the, by the Spirit. Now that the Gentiles shall be be the fellow heirs and the same body partake of the promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. I humble myself unto God, the grace given unto me to preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created in all things by Jesus Christ to the extent that now into the principalities and powers in heavenly places 
wisdom might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God, according to eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom I have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that I faint not in the tribulations which is of the glory of God alone, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The glory to God. Come on, let's travel in day 11. Praying for divine healing through the blood of Jesus. My God, my God. It's something about the blood. It is in the blood. In the name of Jesus. I apply the blood of Jesus to every hidden sickness in my life. I sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I hold the blood of Jesus as a shield against any power of sickness in my life. In the name of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus. I have been redeemed out of every sickness. Through the blood of Jesus, I am healed. Through the blood of Jesus, I have the life of God in me. Let the blood of Jesus stand between any sickness in me. I curse every work of darkness in my life to drive to the roots of the blood of Jesus. I defeat paralyzed and eased by the blood of Jesus, of the spirit of infirmity, unto limited death. Inherit the sickness, uh, dream attackers. Uh, let the power of the blood of Jesus be released on my behalf and let it speak against every. Let it speak uh, against every evil uh, dead bone in my body. Uh, I draw a circle of the blood of Jesus around me and my family and my children, uh, around his ministry, uh, around Jesus Christ's ministry, uh, around his business uh, that he has given unto me to look over uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, and everything that tries to come up against me, uh, every error of infirmity, uh, I cast you down with the fire of God. Uh, I overcome every spirit of infirmity by the blood of the Lamb. No spirit or power or personality shall be able to put any sickness on me because I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Let the blood of Jesus speak destruction into every evil growth in my life. Let the blood of Jesus speak disappearance into the infirmity of my life. Let the blood of Jesus speak peace into every organ in my body in the name of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus speak healing into every organ in my body. Let the blood of Jesus dry up every evil tree uh, being used against health. Uh, I render every evil power with Relating uh, against my help uh, and hope by the blood of Jesus. Uh, let the blood of Jesus minister defeat uh, against every sickness in my life. Uh, I minister death unto the enemy of good health in my life. Uh, by the blood of Jesus, uh, I decree and declare good health. Uh, I find the stand power of any sickness that the blood of Jesus that tries to stay in my body. I cast you out right now in the name of Jesus. I hold the blood of Jesus against you. You spirit of poverty, you spirit of infirmity right now in the name of Jesus. I cast you out and every spirit that's not of God in my bloodline, right now you have to flee. I hold the blood of Jesus against you. I hold the blood of Jesus against you. Against every spirit of stagnation in my life, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of fear, every spirit of procrastination, every spirit of delay in the name of Jesus. I hold the blood of Jesus against the lack of good health. Right now, I hold the blood of Jesus against every delay and denied promotion. I hold the blood of Jesus against every dead account. Right now, I hold the blood of Jesus against every evil diversion in the name of Jesus. And right now, as we 
and traveled through day 12 in all authority. I was praying for a refuge and guidance to our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, Father, let me walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit and pray about my heart for sincere affection of the brethren to love them firmly from a pure heart. Father, I brace up my mind to be sober, circumspect, and really alert to set my hope wholly unchangeable in your grace. In the name of Jesus, I cry aloud with my voice to the Lord. I make supplication with my voice to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before you. I declare and decree my trouble before you. When my spirit was overwhelmed and weak within me, when I was wrapped up in darkness, you guide me through your path. Through that marvelous light I redeemed. Right now, in the name of Jesus, in the way where I walked, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, for there is no one who has regard for me. Right now, in the name of Jesus, escape has failed me. I have nowhere to run. No one cares about my life. I cry out to you, O Lord. I said you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Give attention to my cry, for I am brought very low. Rescue me from my prosecutors, for they are stronger than I, O Lord. Have mercy on me, Heavenly Father. Bring my soul out of prison, so that I may give thanks and praise unto your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will look after me in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we pray against forces of delay and distraction, uh, give us a keen discerning spirit uh, to not to take for granted the precious seconds and minutes and hours of our day, uh, as well as the agenda of other people's time. Uh, oh, Lord, give us the ability to finally discern what is the most important uh, and be guarded against the enemy's strategies and plans, uh, device and traps, uh, tactics and prosakasha. Make your will be abundantly in our life clear and noticeable to us every day, O oh God. Hear our prayer, O oh Lord. Listen to my supplication. Answer me now in the name of Jesus. Answer me in your faithfulness, in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant. For in your sight, no man living is righteous or justified. For the enemy has prosecuted me. He has crushed my life down to the ground. He has made me dwell in the dark places like those who have been dead. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed and weak within Wrapped in darkness, my heart grows numb within me. Right now, in the name of Jesus, remember the old days of my life, O oh God. Thank you for the new days, O oh God. Thank you for the love, kindness in the morning. For I trust in you. Teach me your way in which I shall walk. For I lift up my soul to you. Rescue me, Lord, from my enemies. I take refuge in you. Teach me to do your will so that you may be pleased with me. You are my God. Let your good spirit need me uh, right now save me oh lord your name say in your righteousness bring my life out of trouble in your love kindness silence and destroy my enemies uh, destroy all those who afflict me uh, for i am your servant and i owe my entire life being to you christ jesus help me die out to my own will so i would know the plans you have for me in the mighty name of Jesus, right now I declare Psalms 24 and 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, the name of Jesus. I decree and declare Psalms 115 and 14, uh, the Lord shall increase you more and more in your children. Uh, and Psalms 145 and 16, uh, that open thy hand and stand back in the desire of every living thing in Jesus Christ. Right now in the name of Jesus. My prayer for boldness, 
Father, of a witness as we travel in day, day 13. Prayer for boldness of witness. In the name of Jesus, I raise my voice of Savior Lord, who has complete power and authority in earth and heaven. It is you who have made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of the Father David, your servant, saying, Why did the nations, meaning the Gentiles, become arrogant and rage, and the people devise brutal things against me, the Lord, the kings of the earth? took their stand, uh, attacked them by force, uh, and the rulers were assembled together against the Lord, uh, against his anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah, uh, the kings of kings and the lords of lords. Uh, for in this city there was a gathering together against the holy servant Jesus, uh, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, uh, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, uh, to do whatever your hand had your purpose to predestine uh, before the creations of this world uh, to occur. Uh, and now, Lord, observe their seats against me, your servant, O God, and grant that your bondservant may be declare your message. Great confidence. May you extend your hand to me. Right now, in the name of Jesus, your signs, miracles, and wonders shall take place in my life. Right now, in the name of Jesus, O Lord, Lord, let me hear your voice with a shaking. Right now, feel me, O God. Let the Holy Spirit, O God, continue to feel me. Allow the word of God uh, to come through my mouth with boldness and courage uh, for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, uh, I place upon me the full armor, and I decree and declare the weapons of my warfare are not corner, but mighty through God. Uh, in Jesus' name, uh, I pour down every stronghold, cast down every vain imagination, uh, and every high thing that exalts itself according against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare that in the battle, no weapons, be it emotionally, financially, physically, socially, interpersonal, organizational, psychological, spiritual, form against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I stay connected to the power source, which is my Lord Jesus Christ, through the power he has given unto me, and the boldness and confidence. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I take control of the atmospheres, the regions and realms, the stratospheres and the fears, the systems and the hemispheres, lined up with the word of God, and the purpose regarding of my life in the name of Jesus. I ask you to contend with those that contend with me. Fight those that fight against me. My spiritual growth, ministry, business, and finances and health. And family, Lord God, be my shield and my buckler. Fight this battle for me. Let terror strike the hearts of my enemy. Cause their hearts to fail when they look for my boldness and confidence in you to fail. Me to fulfill my God-given mandate, divine assignment for you, Lord God. Father God, let your will be done. Allow the same bonus you gave Apostle Paul and Joshua to be my portion. Because, Lord Jesus, only you can give stability and equipment with the salvation with your right hand. And every battle, I will give you thanks with all my heart. I send praises unto your name. I bow down and I worship you. I give you the glory. I give you the praise. I lift up your name. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Oh God, remind me right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. Glory. We give you the glory. Shikariah Messiah. 
know that we have the relationship. Jesus, we give you glory. Since we know that God will be alive, we can be confident that he will answer yes. When we base our prayers on this word, the Bible says that we have anything according to his will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the
about, hallelujah, living. Amen. We know the prophet Ezekiel. We know about the dry bones and how the Lord used him to speak to those bones for him to just live. Amen. And when you look at Ezekiel and also the prophet Elijah, there are just two awesome prophets. Amen. And before we get into the series here on the prophet Ezekiel, I wanted to talk just a little bit about the devil portion of that spirit that Elijah carried. Amen. Hallelujah. So that we are equipped and we're just even filled with more of God's glory as we go into that series of just live with the prophet Ezekiel. Amen. So I just want to speak to your spirit on this morning and just download some wisdom nuggets and that double portion of that spirit that Elijah walked in as well as Elisha. Amen. And we know the story about both, but I'm just going to give us a little bit of revelation and a little bit of application through the word of God so that we can just break it down a little bit more so we will be traveling through the bible on this morning so i need to make sure that you have your bibles and your journals ready and your pen because i need you to take some notes so that when we get off the line here this morning you can go back and study because it's nothing like going and digging deep in the word i remember my apostle saying to me chase the bread and that is the bread of life, Jesus himself. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for decreasing me that you may increase. Speak through your servant as I teach on this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our midst during these days. Hallelujah. And I give you the glory. And I thank you for having a teaching spirit. To teach your people what the Spirit of the Lord has given me. To teach them throughout these weeks and months and days. So as we continue to study your word and dig deeper in your word. Give us understanding, knowledge, and wisdom of your word. Let us meditate on your word day and night. Never leaving it to the side. But always eating it like a scroll, O oh God. And God, we will give you the glory. We will give you the honor. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, and glory to God. You know, it's just a little bit more as we look into the book of Elijah, excuse me, Elijah, and also Elisha, talking about these great prophets, amen, and second kings, amen. But as we go through, I wanted to talk a little bit about relationship, because Ezekiel is going to create a deeper relationship with God during his journey coming out of bondage and hearing the spirit of God lead him as we begin to travel in the book of Ezekiel on next week if the Lord is willing that we are here but when you look at Elijah and Elisha they had a relationship amen and that relationship, when we go over to 2 Kings, let's go to 2 Kings, verse 2 and 12. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Amen. We give God the glory. We welcome everybody. SOAR International Outreach Network. I'm Lady Apostle. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning. We are early morning church. Amen. It's not like getting the word early. Hallelujah. Get it in your spirit. Amen. So let's go over to 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 12. I didn't give you the chapter. I just said 12. Okay, sorry. 2.12. Amen. So let's go to 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 12. And it reads, And Elijah saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, its horsemen. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Amen. But we know prior to that, when you go up um, there, it talks about in eight. And Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the waters and they divided this way and that so that the two of them went over on dry ground. And when they had gone over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taking from you. And Elijah said, I pray you let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Ten. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. However, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it should not be so. And they still went on and talked. Behold, a chariot of fire and horses of fire parted the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into the heaven. And Elijah Elisha saw it and cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen in cloth and saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. 13. He took up also the mantle of Elijah. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank and the Jordan. See, right there. Now we're talking about mantles. So not only we're we talking about relationship, but also we're talking about mantles because Elisha received the mantle, Elijah mantle. Amen. When Elijah went up, there was a mantle released. But Elijah says something very important to Elisha. He said when Elisha asked him for that double portion of an anointing, he said that if you're still here, if you're still here, amen. He said, you have asked a hard thing. See, anointing and mantles just don't come overnight. Mantles and anointing just don't come in a day. But the Lord God releases anointing and mantles upon us according to our obedience. According to our patience. According to our love. According to our steadfastness. And according to us staying in relationship with God and staying committed to God. Because he told Elijah when, and when, he, when he asked him, he said, you know, you're asking for a hard thing. However, if you see me when I am taking from you, it shall be so for you. Meaning that you have to walk with me through the troubled waters. You have to walk with me even when things don't seem like they're going your way. You have to walk with me when everyone have turned away and left you. Come on. You have to walk with me when things is going 
just haywire. You have to walk with me. Oh, my God. This is not something that you can just do overnight. You just can't come and get what you want and then just leave. It doesn't work that way. But if you walk with me through the troubled waters, come on now, then maybe. Come on now. It's not a guarantee because I got to make sure you can stand. It's not a guarantee. I got to make sure that you don't give up. It's not a guarantee. I need to make sure that it's all about me and not you. It's not a guarantee. I need to make sure you die out to yourself. Hallelujah. So it's not always about you. But are we willing to die out to God? Are we willing to die out to the things of God? Hallelujah. Amen. So at the end of the day, there was something. There was something that Elijah had to do. Amen. There was something that he had to do because it wasn't something that was just going to be given without a fight. It wasn't something that was just going to be given without hard work. Amen. Hallelujah. So when we look at a mantle, I want to break that down before we go on. A prophetic mantle. Hallelujah. Let's look at it in a dictionary term. A mantle is something that is a loose fitting garment. A cloak, a cape, a veil worn. Let's go spiritual. A veil worn to represent or symbolize authority, anointing, responsibility, intimacy, abiding, and spiritual covering. Covering. It signified positioning and power to exercise dominion in the kingdom of God. A mantle reflects latitude, stature, prestige. It's like a license to act or react. It is the authority to begin to operate, have dominion in your calling, the anointing that is given to you by the Holy Spirit. This is a place where you go deeper into understanding God. Because when you're carrying the mantle of God, you may carry a mantle of prayer. There's different mantles that the Lord God may release on you. But in this case, Elijah released a double portion of the power and authority of God to release and perform miracles. So miracles were performed with this mantle that was released upon Elijah. So the mantle can be different areas operating in the power and dominion of God. Not saying that you're God because we're not God, but you operate according to his power and his responsibility that he allows us to operate in. So there is a lane that we need to stay in. There is a lane that we need to make sure that we are following. Stay behind the dotted line, as they say. A mantle is the authority to begin to operate and have dominion again, like I said, in the calling of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a place where we have a deeper understanding of God, the spirit of God. 
and learning how to operate in the anointing that is placed upon our life. So even when you go back to 1 Kings 19 and 21, it says that he arose and followed Elijah. Elisha knew that there was something great in the man we call Elijah, the prophet, the great prophet Elijah. He wanted not only to follow him, but he wanted to be his servant. So servant is something that is a gratitude of dying out to yourself and serving others. You must first learn to submit yourself to others, sometimes more than to yourself. Hallelujah. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit will teach you how to serve. Amen. And this will help you develop a mental of submission. So like I said, there's different mentals. There's a mental of submission as well. When we submit to authority, we're operating in a leadership and in a a, a obedient life of servanthood. When we wear a mantle of serving, it trains us to go beyond what we usually will go before than something we may do ourselves. It's like being mentored in a mentorship. Amen. It's like an apprentice school because we're following the leader, following not their ways, but the ways of God as they're walking in God. To become an effective leader. It's to help us to become more competent and confident in the mantle that we are carrying that's been released upon us. So we know that Elijah was a prophet in Israel and Elijah was a student or a disciple. Just like the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. But Elijah ministered to Elijah in so many ways. Why? Because he studied under him. He was a student to Elijah. Even though Elijah was a teacher to Elisha, also Elijah was a um, Elisha was also a great help to Elijah because it allowed Elijah to earnestly desire to operate more into the mantle that was placed upon him to be a servant and a leader to mentor Elisha. He realized that this was a place where he was being drawn closer to God, Elisha, because he had to follow his leader, even though he wanted to double a portion instantly. But Elisha told him, you know, this is a hard thing. So there was a relationship. Now here comes the relationship. See, even as mentals being released, the mental could not be released upon Elisha. Until the relationship was created between Elisha and God. Amen. It's not just the relationship created between him and Elijah. But he had to have a relationship with God first. God Amen. With me. Hallelujah. Amen. And the reason why is because it is God Almighty that was going to help him get to where he needed to be. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have to make sure that in all things that we keep our Lord Jesus Christ first. Hallelujah. And I know that even though Elijah was following Elijah, it was the Holy Spirit that was keeping him. 
So for those that are on, we're still talking about mantles and what they are. Hallelujah. So the mantle, hallelujah, was like a training tool, the, like an apprentice program or a leadership training. Because you're learning how to carry something that you never carried before. Hallelujah. It gives you the confidence and, 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 and respecting what has been granted to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So a relationship was created. There was a father and son relationship. So deep that when Elijah was taken up in heaven, Elijah cried out, my father, my father. We just read that. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 12. And Elijah saw it and he cried, my father, my father. There he is. That is the making of a prophet. Because there was relationship created between him and his father. Not just Elijah, but his father, Jesus Christ. See, we want to become prophets and apostles and evangelists and teachers and pastors without first understanding the mantle that's been released upon us, the calling, the gift that God has given us to operate in. And if you don't know how to carry the mantle, the gift, you will destroy it. You won't respect it. You won't honor it. And you definitely won't reverence it. But at the end of the day, the father relationship that was created, it allowed Elisha to be a successor in the waiting to the office of the foremost prophet. So Elijah becoming Elijah, faithful attendant, now becoming a prophet. But Elijah wanted that double portion of Elijah's spirit. Not just to be known or to be heard or to be seen, but to represent a greater cause. Because it was a miracle working power of God. This was a power that created miracles. Because he saw Elijah create miracles. Amen. So there is something unique in the mantle that's been released upon each and every last one of us. Because it brings something of value to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ for the service of the kingdom of God and his people. It allows us to work the miracles that God has already worked. The miracles that's already been created, the miracles that's already been operating and seen through the great prophets that we're going to be studying in these next couple of months. So we're God has given us that same mantle, that same power to work these same miracles. But we cannot work these miracles and, and, and allow the power that's been invested in us and the authority and dominion if we don't know how to carry the mantle properly. So in every situation, we understand that the mantle represents, again, our calling. It is a spiritual calling, anointing. It is a mantle. It is a gift. It is spiritual inheritance given to us by the Holy Spirit. Even though Elijah was his own man, but Elijah, Elijah was his teacher. He, he told Elisha. How to walk with God. Amen. He experienced such a heavenly revelation. Not just walking with Elijah. But seeing him being taken up by the spirit. That right there is a heavenly experience. 
even if we could go back to Enoch when he was taken up in the spirit. Elijah was often the enemy of the king. Why? Because he always had a word for the king. You know, when truth is coming forth, people sometimes shy away from you or move away from you. And sometimes if we're not careful, we will begin to blame ourselves and self-reject ourselves and self-pity and self-rejection. And low self-esteem will try to rise on us because we're feeling like maybe there's no one that wants to hear us or be around us. But sometimes when God is using us to give truth or to use us in certain areas, sometimes when people are not walking according to the truth, they will move away from you. Not that they don't like you, it's just because they are so comfortable in their ways and used to the lies that the enemy has given them that they do not want to change or be delivered. So Elijah often went to the king and told the king, thus said the Lord God. And they did not like that. Especially we know the story with Jezebel, glory to God. How she tried to put fear in Elijah. When the Lord God told him like, no, you fear no man. Don't allow no fear of man, but fear of me. But Elijah always worked according to the plan of God. But Elisha was becoming the mentorship. He had a mentorship with Elijah. He was becoming the son of Elijah. So there was a father and son relationship. Amen. We understand relationships like Jonathan and David had a brotherly relationship. But here we're talking about a father and son relationship between Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was a son of the desert. But Elijah was from an agriculture background in a fertile land of Jordan Valley. Amen. So Elijah was more solitude like in, in a more desolated place. Which Elisha was more in a place of company. And more people around him. Elijah chose a cave on a mountain. Where he found the presence of God. In order to hear his voice. But Elisha. Was not used to being alone. He was used to company. And he was used to hospitality ship. And it was used to being in a place set apart. But always in the company of others. Elijah was known for the miracles. And also the challenge to the prophets on Carmel. But Elijah's ministry compromised many acts of mercy. So Elijah, miracles. Elisha, mercy. Elijah ministry began a prophecy drought. Remember when he shut the heavens and then he opened them back up through a word. But Elijah began a healing, a source of water. So we have learned the different areas, what made them a little different, but it did not separate their relationship as father and son. Amen. So they had a relationship as father and son. And also as mentor. So there was a mentorship going on. 
Elijah was the mentor, the teacher. And Elijah was the mentee, the student. So a mentor is someone who teaches, who leads, who guides, who directs someone in a different path of life for success, for change. And a mentee is the one who follows, who understands, who learns, who sits still and move according to direction and plan. So Elijah, the teacher, the mentor, taught them the making of the prophet. So he trained Elisha. He sharpened Elijah's gift. The gift was already given to Elisha by the Holy Spirit. So he, the Holy God used Elijah to sharpen it. Iron sharpening iron. See, that's what God does. He used mentors or teachers or fathers or mothers to sharpen the gift. We are the instrument. And in an instrument, there are tools that needs to be sharpened in order for the sound to be more accurate, to be more clear. Like the drums have a key. And you use the key to what? Tune the drums to a certain standard in order for the drum to sound appropriate. That's just like us. We are a instrument and the key is our mentors, our teachers, our mothers, our fathers that the Lord God uses to tune us and to make sure that our mantle and our anointing is in the going in the right direction. That the Holy Spirit has set us to go in. They can't give us anointing. They can't give us mantles. But they can help sharpen our mantle and the anointing through teachings of God's word. Teaching us to follow God's word. To encouraging, to encourage us in God's word. So the making of the prophet is what I would say that Elijah had become. He helped make Elisha a greater prophet. Because God had already called Elisha to a prophet. So Elijah simply just releases, meaning he throws the cloak. Because remember I said a mantle is a cloak, a cape, a garment, a veil worn. A loose fitting garment that represents or symbolizes authority, anointing, responsibility, and spiritual covering. So when Elijah threw the mantle, his cloak around Elisha, it just symbolized him going to the next level in the anointing that was already placed on his life through his Lord Jesus Christ. So Elisha understood that Elisha will be his successor. Meaning continuing, continuing the calling, the gift, the ministry that the Lord God used Elijah to carry. So when you look at this, it's like a handle. Um, when you look at it, it's like a prophet being a water spigot. Because when you turn a handle of a faucet, water flows forth. When you align yourself up with those that God has put in your life 
your mentors, your leaders, your teacher, even it being apostles or prophet or pastor or evangelist or teacher, it allowed the teachings, the wisdom to flow into our life. It allows us to function at another level. It gives us such a apostolic alignment and truth. It commits us to be more in relationship with God as we abide, remain in the calling, the gift that has been given unto us and making sure that we operate it operate in it appropriately. It's like being in covenant with the most high God because we have a vow that we have made saying we will take the torch and fulfill the call on our life. No matter the ups and downs, when they let go or let out, we will still go forward. Because a covenant is a place where trust is developed. God is trusting us with this mantle, this cloak of anointing, of power, prestige, and authority. To do what? To do the work in the ministry. To do the work in the ministry. To exalt, to encourage, and to love his people. And it's a place of correction. We have to learn to be corrected. We have to learn to accept responsibility because when we receive correction and rebuke, it brings a strong, genuine fruit of love and care upon us to where we're able to be used as more than just a teacher, but also a student of God's word because we learn to follow no matter if we're leading. No matter if we're mentoring or teaching or being a father or mother to others, we also have a spirit of learning. We don't stop learning. We don't stop being teachable or correctable. But as a student, as a mentee, we understand that even though Elijah had experience in occupation as a, in agriculture, he was a plowboy. Amen. He, he understood, hallelujah, how to plow through fire. He understood how to plow through things. And he was minding his own business when Elijah just showed up. But he obeyed the call, regardless of him being qualified or disqualified. In spite of him having an occupation as an agricultural, and in spite of him having a a life being known and in the care of others. He wasn't used to being in a place by himself or a place of, 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 of listening to just the voice of God and quietness. He was used to always being in the company of others. But God was about to teach him how to hear his voice, how to be in his presence, how to build an intimacy with God. So God will sometimes disqualify us to qualify us, to equip us, to move according to his will and his purpose for our life. See, God calls us to the job. God equip us for the job. We don't equip ourselves. 
So Elijah set off with Elijah, a stranger out of nowhere. But he had to understand that the voice of God. He had to understand the move of God. Because you just don't leave your occupation and leave everything behind without having an understanding of something, just a tad bit. Sometimes you may not have the fullness of it, because we never do. Sometimes we don't even understand why we're doing what we're doing, or why we're going where we're going. But there is just a little notion inside of us that gives us a, a notion to say, let me put down my plow and follow this great man of God. So he became a disciple. Just like the disciples, they left their fishing boats and their nets to follow Christ. All they knew was to fish and to throw nets. But one day, one day, they have toiled all night. And nothing was being caught. And Jesus showed up and told them to cast their nets in the deep. Just drop them. And they said, you know, we don't toil all night. We don't put weedy balls and worms and all the other things you put on the hook just to get as bait. Jesus said, listen to me. Hallelujah. And they threw their nets. And my God, the net broke because it was so many. So when we listen to just that notion, that little voice inside of us is leading us somewhere. But you got to know the difference. That's why you got to understand discernment. Because you got to be able to discern the voice of God. Because you don't want that small voice to be your own voice or the voice of the devil. So you got to make sure that it is God. So Elijah was being used to help Elijah in that capacity because Elijah did not really know the voice of God. He didn't know anything of the things of God. So it was Elijah that God was using to lead him in this new place. See, fear could have set in his heart, knowing not an easy task to complete. Knowing some of the confrontations that Elijah had come up against. You know he heard the stories. He heard about Elijah. He knew about Elijah. But I believe that what stuck out in Elijah's mind was the great miracles that Elijah had done. See, sometimes we can go through so much in life. But when we think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he had done for us. Our soul continued to cry out, hallelujah. Our soul continued to say, you know what? I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not into my own understanding. Because we understand that we know that if we believe in him, because John 14 and 12 says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. These are things, this is a word that Jesus said to the disciples when he was leaving them. He said, I will leave you a comforter. I'm going to leave you something greater. See, you walk with me, but I'm about to be in you, my God. See, walking with Jesus is different with him being in us. Because we was just with him. 
But him being in us, oh, brings a greater glory, brings a greater power and a greater authority because he walks in us. He's in us, meaning that he speaks to us. He leads us. He carries us. He thrusts us into a place of the unknown. Amen. So that anointing, that glory that Jesus had walking on earth now became available to us as his disciples. So his mantle was released upon in us, which was a greater, greater anointing. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was deposited in us. Hallelujah. So his healing power is in us. His miraculous power is in us. His, come on, all his deliverance power is in us. So we have the gift of evangelism. We have the gift of helps. We have the gift of administration. We have the gift of faith and wisdom and knowledge. Because this was Jesus. This was his attributes, who he is. So the mantle of God through the Holy Spirit has been imparted to us. But we have to make sure that we are abiding and have an intimacy relationship in him, with him, in order for him to stay in us. Hallelujah. So in all of that, it gives us the ability. Hallelujah. It gives us the ability to know that in that we can hear the voice of God. Because I told you that in order for us to know God. We have to know his voice. Because Jeremiah 33 says, Call to me and I will answer you. And I will let you, I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. And we know the book of Samuel. 1 Samuel 3 and 10. When the Lord came and stood calling, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel says, Speak for your servant hears. Samuel did not know at first that that was the voice of God. And to Elijah Hallelujah, told him. So God was training Samuel to hear his voice. But it was, a, it was Eli that was his mentor, his teacher, his, 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 his father, to teach him how to hear the voice of God. Amen. So in all of this, Elijah had all these things. But Elijah heard the great works of the miracles. He understood Elijah and the great miracle working powers that God used him to work. So this made him want to align himself with such a great leader and to be trained and to walk in the spirit and to be a spiritual son of Elijah because he understood that he would do greater and mighty works, just as the Holy Spirit told us. So he had to understand leadership as well. What is leadership? Leadership is the ability to influence others effectively to become great leaders. When you begin to read Second Kings chapter 4, read the whole chapter. In your own timing, please. Hallelujah. Two and four. That's going to be verses one through 44. This right here will help us understand. Hallelujah. 
leadership. Because it's talking about, come on now, Elisha and the widow. Come on now, Elisha and the widow. Elisha and the widow. Elisha and the widow. Elisha and the widow. Amen. Hallelujah. Elisha and the widow. Hallelujah. So it allows us to understand leadership. So make sure when you in your timing, I'll need you to read 2 Kings chapter 4, the whole chapter. Because Elijah knew that he needed to be fully faithful to Elijah if he wanted to receive not only the anointing, but the mantle, which will invite him to start in his leadership, or most of us may say our apprenticeship. Amen. So Elijah followed his mentor, Elijah. They traveled together. We know they traveled to Bethel. But even in this place, Elijah said to him, Elijah, please stay here because I need to go to Jericho. He could have easily said, no, no, no. I want to come with you. I'm following you. Amen. But he said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. He followed Elijah to Jericho. He could have just stayed there in battle. But he said, uh even if you tell me to stay, I can't stay. Because I know I need to follow you all the way. Because I need to see greater works that God do in you. I need to be led by you. I need to see everything that God has for me to see. I need to learn everything that I need to learn. Because I'm in training. I'm in an apprenticeship program. I need to make sure that I get everything that I need. I need to make sure that I cross every T and dot every I. And because Elisha has been fully faithful to Elijah, and because Elisha wanted to follow a great man of God, God surely, surely dropped that double portion of anointing upon him. Why? Because it wasn't about Elisha. It wasn't about what he knew. It wasn't about his background. It wasn't about what he wanted. He was willing to follow. No matter how great we become, no matter what gift we operate in, we can be an apostle. Hallelujah. We can be this, we can be that. But at the end of the day, we need to make sure that we following God. We need to make sure that it is God Almighty that is allowing us to do everything according to his will. Amen. We must allow our Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, to lead us. We're back going. Sorry about that. We had a little um, drop in our um, right here on our podcast. So you can join back in. God bless you. Hallelujah. Anytime when good word is coming, you know, the spirit of voice tried to come. So we canceled every spirit of voice across every um, line of communication through our broadcasting in the mighty name of Jesus so that the word can go forth in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. So Elijah had to be fully faithful. When we serve, when we are loyal, we begin to what? Not just trust in the people. We're trusting in the Lord. And we're doing good in him. 
And because we trust in the Lord, we see the spirit of God upon their life. So we're able to trust their word. We're able to trust their movement because we see them following God, not because they're God. They're not God. We see them following God, which is a difference. And Elisha saw Elijah following God. And it wasn't that he just wanted a mantle or anointing. You know, sometimes people can just follow you just for the goods. You know, sometimes people just with you for the goods. They're really not with you. They want to try to get your resources. They want to see how you do things. They, they come and say, well, my God said that you're my spiritual parents. You never hear from them. Only until they need something. You don't hear from them only until something needs to be done. When you have a spiritual, when, 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 when you call somebody your spiritual parents, first of all, is that what God's saying? Not because of your, the things you want from them. Not because of where you're trying to go or who you're trying to see. You know, sometimes people just come just to get a positioning. But it doesn't last because if that's not where God is carrying you, the anointing, excuse me, the mantle won't stay on you. See, a mantle is a cloak, a veil, a covering given by God, not men, not women. A lot of times when you give people truth and you tell people not saying, oh, you're not this and that. No, I'm just saying to you, be careful. Make sure that it's God. They take it in the wrong way and say, oh, you don't want me to know. First of all, I'm not the giver of gifts. I'm not the one who can say you can do what you do. I'm just saying, be careful and know that it's God. I'm just saying, do everything and knowing that it's God. Because the walk is not easy if it's not God. And even when it's God, it's still not easy. Because you're still going to go through troubles. You're still going to go through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. You're still going to go through troubled waters. But when God is with you, he will keep you. He will allow you to stand. So sometimes people take that and go and put lies on you and say, oh, they don't want to see me walk in my calling. They don't. No, 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 no. I'm just speaking for those that knows. No, we're not saying that. We're just saying make sure it's God. You got to make sure that it's God leading you because nowadays people is putting mantles on people that God have not put a mantle on. And it's dangerous. But Elisha understood that it was more than just a mantle. It was more than just a double portion. He had to be a follower. In ministry and life, even in anything that you do called marketplace, ministry, business, you have to learn how to follow. I don't care what great business person you are, what great um, millionaire you are, what great, great you are, who you are. You have to also follow. You have to also be a servant. You have to learn to serve. You don't become great or become where you are. Now, you can have all these things, but you won't remain. Because if you don't have a servant heart or servant too, or just the ability to be able to be teachable or correctable, you won't stay. You will get there, but you won't stay. You won't remain because you're not abounding, abounding in God. Elijah, Elisha, follow he understood that it was God that was going to appoint him in the leadership positioning position that God would have for him. So Elijah understood that it was just a matter of time before he passed the baton. 
You know, a lot of us are still holding on the baton when God has said, release the baton to my people. I've called a greater work in my young people, in my people that are coming now. You are generals in the Lord. You don't have to be seen. You don't have to be up front. Pass the baton. Lead them. Train them. Let them know where they're going in me. Give them the baton. Release the mantle of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Release the mantle of my teaching of my word. Hand over the mantle. Just like Elijah was Elijah was able to hand over the power, the mantle to Elijah. But he told him, it's a hard thing, though. Because he didn't want Elijah to think that it just came easy. He don't want Elijah to just think it's just going to be handed down to him. Nothing in life is just handed down to us. You have to work for what you want to remain. You know, yes, we have inheritance. We have wills and things that has been left from our forefathers and fathers. But you still have to learn and know how to maintain it. Because if you don't know how to maintain it, you will lose it. So just because it's been handed down doesn't mean that it will remain if you don't know how to what? Maintain it. So Elijah taught Elijah how to maintain the anointing, the mantle. So Elijah trained Elijah to hear the voice of God, to do everything according to the will of God. And passing the mantle. Amen. It's just like when Moses handed his succession over to Joshua. Hallelujah. Joshua had to follow Moses. He was a mentee to Moses. Moses was the mentor teacher of Joshua. He followed Moses, Joshua followed Moses. So he understood the children of Israel because he was one of the children of Israel. He walked with the children of Israel. He was with the children of Israel in the wilderness. He was with them through the desert. He was with them through the Red Sea. He was with them. My God. So he understood he didn't just became Moses' successor just because he was in line. He was close to Moses. Moses sent him out to spy out the land. Even though there was giants, even though there was obstacles, he understood the power of God. Because God sent them there. See, if God sent you there, you can remain there. Not saying it's going to be easy there, but you can remain there and know that God will fight for you there. And Joshua understood that. So when he came back with the report, he said the land was good. Everybody else said, oh, there was giants. There was this, there was that. But he understood that even though there was giants, his giant was bigger than those giants. Because his giant was the Lord Jesus Christ who sent him. So I'm just giving you examples of fathers and sons, successors and successions. Amen.
So Elijah knew how to hand the baton over to Elisha. Elijah name means Jehovah is God. My God. My God, my God. Hallelujah. See, Joshua name means Savior. Elijah name means God, his salvation. So when you just look at it all together, Jehovah is God, our Savior, our God of our, come on now. So that right there is powerful. Powerful. Amen. Jehovah is God, Elijah. Joshua is our Savior. And Elijah, God of our salvation. Hallelujah. He's God. Amen. And the work of his salvation is through all of this. So what separates these great men of God, God will separate the leader, which is the teacher and the mentor, from the follower, which is our student, our mentee. So when he separates us, it's not that we don't love you or we don't want to be your friend, but we have to lead you. So we don't, you can't be so familiar with your teacher, with your mentor, with your leader. And that's where the body of Christ is erring right now because we want to be in a close niche, a click, a relationship where we need to make sure that it is God that is using us to lead his people. You can't lead people and be so close because sometimes they don't hear you because they're so familiar with you and they're not hearing God, but they're hearing you because you have separated yourself in God when God needs to be in you, leaders, teachers, mentor, so that they can hear God and not you. So that they can continue to follow God and not you. So they're following God in you. So when they see and know and hear in the voice of God through you, God is leading them to where he's taking them through you. Amen. So that's why Elijah was not so close to Elisha. Because he did not want Elijah to come to be so familiar, so familiar with him. So comfortable with him because he had to teach Elisha. Amen. Because he was his teacher in the school of prophets. You know, Elijah had a school of prophets. He taught them how to serve. Amen. In the northern and southern kingdom. Amen. So Elijah ministry just don't start with Elijah. When you go all the way back, Elijah, amen, was a teacher. Amen. Hallelujah. He was a teacher. He mentored many. Amen. He mentored others. Hallelujah. He mentored kings. He gave them direction. Gave them wisdom. Gave them truth. Amen. 
And some was happy and some was not. But at the end of the day, Elijah, they knew that Elijah heard from God. They knew that God was with Elijah. And they knew that when God, when Elijah spoke, thus said the Lord God, it will happen. Amen. Hallelujah. And even when you heard about the 7,000 who have not bowed to the knee of Baal, why? Because God Almighty overcame. So the school of the prophets, amen, was not a big school that you may see today. But they were in caves, amen. They were in a place of learning. They wasn't out in the public and known. They were learning how to discern the voice of God. They were discerning how to be led by God. So Elijah had his own experience with himself first. He couldn't lead others or speak to others until he overcame the fear within himself. So his experience and his renewal was on Mount Hera when he began to travel. Amen. And he began, God began to lead him and began to speak through him. Even though he feared Jezebel and he feared others. But he began to come out of that spirit of fear. Amen. So the, 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 the Elijah just didn't just begin to teach Elisha. He also first had to go through the school of prophets from himself. Then speaking to other leadership and other kings in different um, settings. Amen. So the call that now was being placed on Elijah. When you go over to chapter 19, it's a little bit more, but it comes out, hallelujah, of him walking with Elijah. Amen. But Elijah was in a place of loneliness and discouragement. Elijah was not always around people. No, he didn't have somebody to encourage him or to speak into his life. He had to seek the Lord himself. He had to revitalize and restore himself, his ministry. His spirit had left him. Jezebel put fear in him. He had to get insight from God. He had to be renewed. He had to be restored. Amen. When you go over to 19, hallelujah. So he had to be restored. God had to work some things out in him. Amen. Before he was able to move forward. Before he was able to lead Elijah, Elisha. So this was not easy for Elijah. So he understood this. That's why he was such an effective um, prophet. Because he experienced it, experienced it within. He didn't just learn it from a book. He didn't learn it from what somebody said. This was a true life experience. He feared people. He feared things when God himself taught Elijah everything. And how could you doubt God? How could you walk away from the things of knowing that God can do just because one woman, because of these false prophets, because of some of the kings, because when you spoke truth, they tried to put fear in you. How could you not believe you're a God? But it was God who put Elijah back on track. Allow him to become more fruitful. But he always put himself down. Because when he was in a place of loneliness and discouragement, it was God that comforted him. Even when he felt like just dying, it was God that sent the ravens to feed him. It was God that came to encourage him, get up. 
Come on now. You need strength. You need to feed yourself. Come on. Because there's work need to be done. And God does the same thing for us. Sometimes ministry can make you go into that cave. It can make, come on, I'm being honest with you. Come on. It can make you say, okay, God, are you sure you've called me to this? Are you sure you've told me to do this? This is not easy. The people are not, come on. Now, we get into that place. Now, I don't care. You could be in ministry however long you've been in ministry, but you can't tell me they have never crossed your mind. So we all come into a place of discouragement. We have all come into a place of loneliness. We've all come to a place of frustration. But it is God Almighty who comforts us. It is God Almighty who commit himself to us to renew us, to restore us. It is God Almighty that continues to love us and show us that he's a gracious God who make himself available to us with his resources of strength. His resources of joy, his resources of peace, his resource of his love and his kindness to make us believe again, to encourage us to get up again, to help us be able to know again. And even in Elijah going through what he went through, God allowed him to find Elisha when Elisha was just plowing with the 12 pairs of ox before him. Hallelujah. And it was Elijah that God used to find Elijah. Because God needed Elijah to also encourage Elijah. Come on now. See, we look at it as just Elijah helping Elijah become a great prophet. No, God also used Elisha to strengthen Elijah. Because Elijah, hallelujah, grew weary. Elijah grew weak. But he still had to stand and fulfill the call on his life. So Elijah did not even know what Elijah was going to. Elijah, Elijah didn't even know that Elijah wanted to give up. And matter of fact, sat down and gave up. And it was God that came and got him up. But Elijah just heard of the great works of miracles and signs and wonders that Elijah did. But he did not know that Elijah wanted to give up. He did not know that Elijah sat down and gave up. Not just that he wanted to give up, but he sat down there and gave up. If he was in fear, he ran. He ran. Because Jezebel sent a, 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 a thing to kill him. How could you run in fear when God has sent you? When God has allowed you to shut up the heavens? Who shut up the heavens? Only God. And when God give us the power to decree and declare a thing, and that thing come to pass, who shall we fear? Who? What? Nothing. Nobody. But Elijah did not have that encouragement. He did not have that boldness and that confidence at that time. But Elisha was about to bring it back even more. Hallelujah. So Elisha lost a lot naturally in his profession of being in the agriculture field. But he was about to gain something so more valuable 
than materialistic things that wouldn't, he wouldn't even be able to take with him. So he obeyed the prophetic call where he was willing to take a personal loss. He was willing to take a financial loss. He was willing to take whatever loss. That's counting the cost. Another story. He was about to count the cost in his financial security as a loss and become a soldier in the Lord was about to be the boss. Hallelujah. Amen. The boss in the things of God. Hallelujah. Not the boss because Jesus Christ is the boss, but being the boss in Christ. Hallelujah. He was about to begin to understand and walk through the trenches of tremendous spiritual conflict with Elisha. Amen. So he had to learn priorities, perspectives, and to capture, excuse me, and how to capture the heart of Elijah. But it was his faith in God and him following God and the call of God that was about to help him to be uprooted out of his comfortability, out of his royal life, his financial security, his quiet and entertaining life to follow the Lord. You know, when we come to the Lord, all the things that we used to do, all the things we used to be able to obtain, sometimes don't seem that easy. But guess what? There is a greater cost and there is a greater, greater, my God, I can't even give you the word for it because it's worth losing all of that when we walk to the other side in Christ Jesus because he give us even more things that we can have for eternity. Those things will pass away. But our crown, we will have for eternal life. Give me the crown. I don't want the riches, the glory. Because I already have that in Christ Jesus. Just give me the crown of life. He understood that he was going to be walking with the word of God. Amen. So Elijah found Elijah. Elijah didn't come from just a regular family. He came from a prominent family. He worked in the field. He used his hands. He was wealthy. He was not lazy or irresponsible. He was used to working with his hands. He was used to plowing with his hands. He was used to going forth with his hands. But that did not make him a leader just because he he was not lazy. See, sometimes when things is just given to us or we're able to walk in such a prominent or a wealthy or leadership, sometimes is nowhere to be found. We don't even know how to lead or follow because we're always feeling like we're in charge because we're family. It's in the family. We didn't have to work hard for it or it was given down to us. And some of us, we didn't. it wasn't even in the family and it wasn't even given down to us, but we just made a way. Because we went to school. We were smart. We became all this. 
But that does not still make us a leader. Amen. It is our character. It is how we serve. It is how we follow. And how we're willing to work to build our character, integrity, in order for us to become a great leader. Amen. So Elijah had to be willing to demonstrate the ability and the the willingness to work and to show his faithfulness through loyalty and serving and following. Amen. Like I said, there's many other great men and women of God in the word of God that we can talk about like Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Moses just didn't become to lead them out of the children of Israel. He had also was what a servant. He, 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 he tended to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Come on. Come on now. That's why when Jethro was able to come and speak to him, to give him direction, when Jethro told him, get 70 men, Jethro gave him a word of wisdom. If you get these 70 men, then they can take the load so that you can hear the voice and do the will of God. So he was able to hear Jethro, not because Jethro was just so great and a man of wisdom, but remember, it was Moses that pastured the flock of Jethro. So he was the son of Jethro, the son-of-law of Jethro, meaning that he was in a place of being a mentee to Jethro. Jethro was a mentor, a teacher to Moses, David. Tend the sheep for his father, Joseph, and God Almighty. Peter was a fisherman. Paul had a train making tents. The Lord himself was a carpenter by trade who was trained by Joseph, his father. Come on. So when we look at all of this, each and every last one of them had to follow somebody. They never just became a train, a trade. They had to learn to trade. They had to learn a trade in order to become a leader in the trade that they was going to lead to trade. Amen. So even as parents, we must teach our children. We must train our children in the word of God. We must train our children to fear the Lord. We must train our children to respect they're elders. Nowadays, we don't teach our children to respect their elder, their fellow elder. It doesn't mean somebody just 50 and 60 years old. Anybody that's older than you is your elder. Not only teach them and, and train them to, to, to respect their, 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 their elder, but they need to respect, first of all, themselves. Their sibling. Each and every person that they come in contact with, they must learn to respect them. We don't train our children that way. They do certain things, we laugh at it. They go around hitting people, kicking people, they laugh at it. No, you have to train your children early. Because if you have a child that goes around and hit people and throw things at people, when they get older, they're going to think that's good. No, it's not good. Or go around kicking people, feet belong to on the ground. It's nasty to put your feet on anybody. So we must train them not to hit, kick, spit. None of that is good. 
Yes, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. We don't train them. Yes. Thank you. Welcome. No. Yeah. Ah. Yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. <coughs> All of that. We don't treat. We don't teach them that. I'm gonna teach them today. Like it or not, it's coming out. Like it or not, it's coming out. We must teach our children to respect people, themselves, now. Because if they grow up and you don't put that in them, they're going to have no respect for themselves. And if they don't have respect for themselves, how are they going to respect others? They're not going to be able to. That's why you got to teach them to first love the Lord God first. Love themselves so that they can love others. Amen. We must teach our children to respect. We must teach our children to walk in integrity, truth, not lying. They become so familiar with their own lie that they think they believe it. We, we want to protect our children so much that we know they're lying, but don't correct them. No, you need to correct them in the lie. We need to teach our children to work at home first. Do chores. We clean up their room. We wash their clothes. We do all this. No. Train them. When I went to Ghana this last year, oh my God, as I'm going through, going from one place to the next place, as I go down this one alley here, I send pictures out. I already send them out. It was a young girl. She couldn't be no more than three, four. Sitting there washing clothes in a big pail bucket and I mean washing y'all washing and I'm like oh my god we just so quick to throw clothes in the wash machine we so quick to have somebody wash our clothes we so quick just to have somebody else do everything for us. this baby was washing all the clothes ah I stood there for at least 30 minutes because I'm like, oh, Lord, my God, forgive me. If I, I did not even think to just wash something on my hand when my washing machine broke down. Oh, my God. When this three, four-year-old girl can sit here and wash not only her clothes, but the family clothes. I sat there and I watched and I just went into repentance. Not just for me, but for just everybody. And then I, and I asked the mother, I said, can I please... Bless her. And can I please just take a picture with her? I was, my heart was just so touched. And I tell you a week later, because there they took care of my clothes, they took care of my food. But then next week, I told Reverend Astor, I said, Ma, I want to wash my clothes. She said, no, 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 we got help to do that. I said, no, 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 I need to wash my clothes. And I sat there in her lot. And I washed my clothes and I hung them on the line. My God, my God. And it felt so good just to know one day, one day, if my washer break down, one day, one day, if the electric go out, one day, one day, 
If they take away the washer and dryer, I still got my hands. I still can ring. I still can wash. I still got strength and power to turn them clothes. My God, my God. Sometimes we got to take it back, y'all. We get so used to um, um, technology and everything that they make and do. You know, women, we so used to curling our hair with the flat irons and curling our hair with the curlers. But could we get the brown paper bag and tear it and twist it and roll our hair? You know, we get such a better curl, even with that. Not going about the orange rollers or the rollers with the spikes, but getting a paper bag and twisting it and, and rolling our hair. Remember, that's what grandma used to do. Could we take it back just a little bit more? I'm just saying. Hallelujah. Could we go all the way back and get us some Crisco? You know, the Crisco oil that we used to put in the pan to fry the chicken. Now we got the oil that's already, come on now, melted. But could we take that same oil and butter, come on now, and rub our feet? Come on now, now we got cocoa butter, $20 a bottle. We got, no, I mean, it, it's all good. But remember, those were the days that we used what we had. So what am I saying? We go out and we get all this stuff that we can't even afford. We go out and just get all this name stuff. That it don't even fit in our budget. Just to be like the Joneses. Just to say that I got it. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you just got to go get the anointing oil and just anoint your whole body. You ain't got no coconut oil. Use the anointing oil. Glory to God. You ain't got no oil sheen. Use the anointing oil. Glory to God. I'm just saying. Grease that hair. Grease them legs. Hallelujah. Anointing oil. You got more anointing on you. More power. More glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I'm so excited, y'all. So when we get over to the book of Ezekiel, the power of God. Oh, my God. We're going to live, y'all, because we have been. Come on now. That devil portion of his anointing been laying on us right now because we're understanding servitude. We understanding being a follower. Learning, being correctable, teachable. Because when we teach our children and teach one another how to learn and, and be led, it helps develop our character. It helps develop our integrity. It helps to develop our faithfulness and our resourcefulness and our responsibility. And it brings accountability. You know, we don't have accountability. We don't want to be accountable to nothing or nobody. But that was why Elijah was able to pass the mantle over to Elijah. By throwing his mantle upon him. Because he understood how to serve. How to follow. Again, in closing, the mantle represented an official garment of a prophet. You know, there were three mantles worn in the biblical times. Hallelujah. And the first one was a adoret, a cloak that was made out of animal hair and a garment of distinctly worn by kings and especially prophets. When you read in 1 Kings 19 and 13, it gives you more insight. 19 and 2. 2 Kings 2 and 8, and also 2 Kings 13 and chapter 14. And then you can read in the book of Zechariah 13 and 4. 
this mantle automatically marked a man as a prophet. So they had, there was a symbol, a symbol of saying that you were a prophet, a spokesman of God. It was also a symbol of sacrifice. Hallelujah. And commitment. Now the mantle of the prophet is just for money. It's just for power and prestige. It's no commitment to God. Everything is about them, which I pray on today that you make sure that your mantle, your prophet mantle is a symbol of sacrifice and commitment to your Lord Jesus Christ. The life of a prophet was not a life of luxury back in those days and it's not a life of luxury today. But most of us is taking it that way. But the mantle represents the gift of God, this Holy Spirit, the call of God, and the purpose for which God has called us to stand upon. That is what the mantle should represent. Because when God throws the mantle upon us, it is a symbol, it's a symbolic act. And we have been summoned in the office to walk as whatever fivefold ministry that they've called us in. It is a gift given by God that enables us to fulfill the prophetic office of the ministry with an apostolic anointing and a prophetic announcement that has been given from God. Hallelujah. We must believe that today that we are priests of God. We, we work in a four-time service to represent the Lord God. It is our occupation to represent God with integrity, accountability, character, honesty, truthfulness, willfulness, faithfulness, and love. As believers of Christ, we are God's representative. And we're called to the ministry according to the gifts God has given to us, not what other people have given to us. The gift is not according to what other people have given unto us. It is what God has given unto us. It is the workplace of the house of God. It is part of our home. It is part of who we are. It is part of our culture to serve as men and women of God according to the word of God. The spiritual gift that has been given unto us must represent the things of God. And the mantle that's been released upon us is the call of God. And the gifts that God has called us to do is for what he has called us to do. So we must know our gifts and how to use them by asking God. He will show us how to not only recognize our gifts, but he will show us how to develop them. And he will show us how to work them. Because when we know our gifts, it allows us to have a greater portion of the will of God and the direction for lives that God has put us before. Meaning that we work in God's commitment, his priorities, and what he has given us to do. And teaching us how to speak, how to teach, how to exalt, how to encourage. God has not called us to do things according to our will and our power. But he called us to do the work of the ministry, work of evangelism, work to make other disciples, to mentor others one on one 
for them to become the greater teacher that God have created them to be. To speak favor upon their lives. To not only stay in the pulpit or in the classroom, but to go out and to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the gift that's been given to us is supposed to help. That's why it says it's a gift of helps and a mercy. Because we help others to incorporate the gift. We help others to realize the mentals that's been placed upon them by our Lord Jesus Christ. As we have been, as we have received the spiritual gifts, God has employed us to serve not only ourselves, but one another first. To become and to be good stewards of the manifold of God's grace. Because a good steward is one who employs their gifts, accept their mantle, and be faithful, and be in training, and be willing to learn, and be teachable, to be employable, to do the will of God. So as we continue to learn the will of God with the mantle that's been thrown upon us, then we will have the true concept and understanding what God has called us to do. The response that we will receive just as the response of Elijah. Amen. His response was immediate. He asked for the mantle before it was even given. But Elijah told him he's asking for a hard thing. It's not something that's asked for, something that's earned. What is our intimacy with God? What is our relationship with God? How far are we willing to go in God? How deep we father we willing to go in God. So we understand that it's not a decision of our own, but in fact, it is God, God Almighty, who already called us and chose us to lead, to fulfill what it is that He's called us to fulfill. The gift has already been employed into all of us, but we must ask God how to employ the gift that's been employed in us. So God will teach us not only to know our gifts, but how to never to neglect our gifts and also to stir up our gifts and not to just be zealous over our gifts. And we will be able to use our gifts and learn to know and in our gifts that we will know how to love, how to serve others by the strength which God supplies, not our own strength, but for his glory. So at the end of the day, when Elijah requests that mantle, through his servanthood, through him being teachable, reachable, and keepable, the mantle was thrown upon him. And we know what happened. Hallelujah. God did greater works. A healing ministry was released through Elisha. Amen. He was accountable to God. Hallelujah. Not Elijah. But he was accountable to God for what he did through Elijah. Amen. Because Elijah did what God called him to do. To help push Elijah. Amen. Elijah will become Elijah's spiritual leader and his mentor. But Elijah understood that he was accountable to God and not Elijah. And Elijah understood that he was accountable to God. And not Elisha. They were servants of God. And we must also remember. 
that we are accountable to our Lord Jesus Christ. Not accountable to people. Because it's not people that gives us the anointing of the gifts. It is God. The Holy Spirit who's already released them in us. But God will use great men and women of God to lead us, to teach us, to reach us, to train us, to challenge us, to make us become more accountable to the things of God. There are only instruments God used to point or guide us in the right direction. We are accountable to one another to some degree, but our ultimate and primary accountability is to the Lord God. Hallelujah. And that is the most important principle that we must always make sure that we keep in our mind. Because one of the goals of leadership, amen, is to help one learn to become accountable to God. When we teach people how to become accountable to God, that will lead them to the word of God. And that will bring us to a great celebration of the call and commitment to the things of God as God has called us to be. Amen. So God has placed a mantle, a call upon each and every last one of us in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we are priests. We are royal. We are a holy nation. And the mantle that's been released upon us is God-given spiritual gift upon us. So we must be good stewards of the stewardship he has entrusted to us regarding our time, our talent, our love, our serving, our treasures, our truth, everything that's inside of us. Just like Elijah, he had a commitment, not a commitment just to Elijah, but he had a commitment to God. When commitment is not there or commitment is nowhere around, guess what? We will miss it. Accountability will miss us. But when we have commitment, it doesn't, it, it allows us to not to straddle the fence, but to learn how to walk along the fence and get to the opening in order to come in through the gateway and be able to be led and to surrender. And with total surrendering to God, it brings us to a place of him teaching us and leading us. But without total surrender, we cannot be his disciples. Amen. We could not follow God. We simply would not be able to make the sacrificial decision. Amen. That's following him that is required of us as leaders and to lead others. So that means that we have to go back and reevaluate our values, our priorities, our character, our attitude, our accountability and what we're pursuing. But above all, we need to really go back and see where our source of our faith is coming from. Is it the Lord? Is it from God or is it just what I want? Is it just my faith of reality anchored into my own flesh, my own what I want, my own power, my own prestige? Amen. So in closing, we'll be back here next week. Hallelujah. But we'll be finishing out in the book of Ezekiel. The whole we're going to go through a series in that. So. We must continue to humble ourselves, to follow, to be anointed, to lead. Amen. When we humble ourselves to follow, then we will be able to lead effectively. Again, thank you for joining us. SOAR International Outreach Network. This is Lady Apostle. And until next time, God bless you. And we ask you to join us again here on Thursday, our biblical study, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're also going to be open to 